This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. This podcast is supported in part by a grant from the Bend Cultural Tourism Fund. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Kutosh, and today we'll be talking river conservation with Jacob Kimmick, who is a project manager with the Deschutes River Conservancy. Jacob, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. Let's start things off, and why don't you tell us a little bit about the Deschutes River Conservancy? The Deschutes River Conservancy is uh, dedicated to restoring stream flow and improving water quality throughout the entire Deschutes River Basin. We were founded in 1996 as a collaborative multi-stakeholder organization. The DRC's board of directors makes decisions by consensus and is comprised of key public and private interests, um, including farming, ranching, timber, development, hydropower, recreation, um, the tribes, and of course, the environment. I think one very important part of the DRC is that we have all those stakeholders on our board and that kind of guides our decisions in a very collaborative process. We have all sorts of tools that we use throughout the basin, including water rights transactions, working with irrigation districts to pipe canals, improve on-farm efficiency. If you can think of it, uh, we've probably done it, or we're working to do it even more. The name of the game is just to get the flows up in the Deschutes River. So when you say the flows up, what exactly does that mean? The river right now, as it's currently managed, is heavily influenced by um, irrigation districts and other um, entities, you know, private diversions, things like that. And what we want to do is trying to get the hydrograph of the Deschutes River up to more natural levels where possible. And, you know, the reason for that is to not only restore, you know, the, the hydrograph itself and the environment immediately surrounding the river, but also to help fish. I mentioned that we were founded by the tribes back in the 90s. One of the big goals when, in the founding of that was to help fish populations in the region. And because the way water law works and all these irrigation districts out here and how they divert water, throughout the year, they can have various impacts on the river. So, for example, right now in the summer, flows are a bit higher in areas of the river just because the, the irrigation districts are releasing water from the reservoirs up at the near the headwaters. Meanwhile, in the winter, they'll be storing water in those reservoirs so they're not releasing the water. So you might see much lower flows in parts of the Deschutes. And what we want to do is work with all those stakeholders I mentioned to kind of alleviate those issues and you know, balance things out a bit and make sure there's enough water in all parts of the river um, when it's needed. Okay, and so the water starts at the reservoirs that are upstream, the water is held there and then it's released by the irrigation district through the river and then that water is then used by a number of different individuals or entities and that water is then pulled off of the river for the different uses. That's exactly correct. If you look at a satellite map of the Deschutes River, um, you'll notice that certain areas that there's canals that pull off of the river um, they belong to various irrigation districts and during the summer you'll see those you know just driving around central oregon you'll drive by a, a canal that looks like a river because there's so much water in it but that could be coming from the deschutes river diverted 30 some odd miles away from where you're seeing that water you're looking to get the flows more consistent throughout the year so it's not spikes and trough like we're seeing now, is that correct? That's largely correct and not necessarily consistently the exact same flows throughout the year because of just climate patterns and whatnot. You know, you get more rain certain times of year, more snow, drier periods. There will be fluctuations in the flow throughout the year, but our goal is to get it closer to the natural levels of flow as opposed to heavily influenced by all these different diversions. By getting it closer to the natural levels, what does that exactly do? Well, that'll help the fish and the environment and whatnot. Also, just generally help just the hydrograph of the entire system. So right now, for example, between Bend and approximately Lake Billy Chinook, flows are very low, very low in the Deschutes River. 
just because all the diversions for the irrigation districts are above that region. Um, they're uh, south of Bend for the most part, or in the Bend area. Fish traveling up from Lake Billy Chinook hit this very low flow area that could have water quality impacts as well, because you know when water levels are extremely low, it's more influenced by temperatures. So in the summer months, when the water levels are low in the middle of the chutes, the water heats up so much that some fish might not be able to survive. I and mean, we see that in other areas throughout the basin, not just the Deschutes. The Crooked River, for example, is heavily influenced by irrigation diversions. There are times of the year when the water in, in parts of the Crooked River is well over 80 degrees. Fahrenheit and fish just can't survive very well in that environment. This is because water is getting pulled out upstream or earlier by certain groups and exactly. as the water continues to move downstream the flow drops and if you're downstream you just have less access to the water. Is that exactly what's going on? Yep, you nailed it. Mm. That makes sense. And then when you say hydrograph, what exactly is a hydrograph? Yeah, so the hydrograph is, you know, just a fancy way of saying how much water is in the system. When I say the hydrograph of the Deschutes River, I'm talking about, you know, what is the water level at in the Deschutes River at any given time in a certain location. Let's talk about a specific project that you have. One of our Dirty Free Hub routes is really close to Mackay Creek. And can you tell us about the restoration project that is happening there? Mackay Creek, just for some context, everybody, is north of Prineville and flows into the Crooked River immediately west of Prineville, which eventually flows over to the Deschutes. And so Mackay Creek is a very large project, very large restoration project. So at the moment, Mackay Creek every summer will run dry by, you know, early July at absolute latest. This year was a bit, bit longer into, you know, the first couple weeks of July just because we had so much rain late in the spring. But if you look at the data, it's not uncommon to see the creek completely dry up north of Prineville uh, near the National Forest by mid-June. Not unusual at all. And so what we want to do is work with a bunch of landowners along Mackay Creek between the National Forest and down towards Prineville to try and increase flows in that stretch of the creek and ideally restore that habitat for um, salmon. So how we're doing that is pretty complex, to be quite honest. We're working with Ochico Irrigation District in Prineville to make this happen. So Ochoco Irrigation District already has a lot of a large patron base that, you know, consists of Prineville and areas surrounding. The area of the stretch of Mackay Creek near the National Forest, those people are not part of the Ochoco Irrigation District patron base at this moment. So we're working with them to become part of that patron base. But in doing so, they have to give up their water rights. In exchange for that, we'll give them Ochoco Irrigation District water rights. In theory, this should restore about 11.2 CFS cubic feet per second of flow within Mackay Creek and that stretch where there are 15 landowners. To do that, we're gonna to have to build a pump station, a pipeline, um, and just increase Ochoco Irrigation District's overall capacity. This is a project that, that really encompasses their entire infrastructure from their first diversion south of Prineville all the way through the city of Prineville and then up Mackay Creek. So it'll be a very extensive construction project to make this happen. Once it occurs, this should be fully installed and operational by spring 2025. Is this kind of a water rights swap? Exactly. The broader project name is the Mackay Creek Water oh. Rights Switch. So we're, uh, we're working with the landowners to switch their privately held water rights for Ochico Irrigation District Got water. It. Okay, that makes sense. When the river runs dry, what happens? Do the fish just die and is it just totally barren there? You know, right now there isn't a whole lot of fish activity up there because the water does run dry so early or because there are private diversions, even when it is flowing, certain stretches, you're not even ankle deep. It's very, very low flows. And as I mentioned, um, those low flows can have significant impacts on water quality, namely temperature. So fish just don't even go up there right now. But once there is more water in there, that should help the riparian area around the stream to build up some more, provide some more shade for the creek, 
there would be more water in there so there's more area for it to remain cold throughout the summer and then in addition to all that once there is more water in there it introduces opportunities for other restoration work so we have some partners out there the crook county soil and water conservation district the crooked river watershed council their plans are once we have gotten through the Mackay Creek water right switch, once we get this water back in there, they're going to go in and do even more restoration work. See where the water's flowing, see where the fish want to congregate, see where they're going up to, how far up the stream are they going, and try and work with the data that we can find to improve it even nice. more. And the cost for something like this, do you have any estimates on that? Well, unfortunately, it's a lot. And lately, that price has been going up and up and up. As I mentioned, this is a broader infrastructure project. It doesn't just focus on Makai Creek. There's areas without, you know, within Prineville and beyond that we have to increase infrastructure, you know, pipe size, um, pressure ratings, pumps, things like that. It's on the order of millions. And Makai Creek specifically, it's hard to say right now just because we're working with construction costs going up and whatnot and kind of trying to hit a moving target when we start building things in 2024. It's upwards of 10 million or wow. so for Makai wow. Creek. Are most people on board, the people giving up their water rights and people being impacted, or is there some disagreement on this project moving forward? For the most part, people are supportive. Understandably, if you've ever known many people working in irrigation or farming or whatnot, those folks will hold their water rights pretty close to the chest. And that makes a lot of sense because they're very valuable and for their way of life, water is necessary. Working with folks to want to give up their privately held water rights for irrigation district water rights, there, there is some, a mild amount of pushback. On the other hand, we're working with these landowners on something that ultimately is going to benefit them as well as the river. So by giving folks irrigation district water, they should have water throughout the entirety of the irrigation season. So as I mentioned, Mackay Creek typically runs dry by early July at best. And once it runs dry, those folks can't use their water right even if they hold them because there's no water to, to yeah. divert. But with Ochoco Irrigation District water, they'll have that water throughout the entire season. And that is a boon to property values. To be able to say that you have that water throughout the whole season will vastly increase property values. And on top of that, to access this OID water, this pressurized water, they're going to have to upgrade all their irrigation systems. So we're working with the Natural Resource Conservation Service through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, as well as all these landowners, to increase on-farm efficiency. Basically, we're able to offer these folks heavily discounted methods of improving their irrigation systems. So that means converting away from flood irrigation to giving them things like wheel lines or pivot systems with low-elevation sprinklers. Although, as, as I mentioned, it, they do hold these water rights close to their chest. There's so many benefits to the farmers that, for the most part, everybody is very supportive. If people want to learn a little bit more about this project or the things that you're doing at the Deschutes River Conservancy, how might they do that or possibly get involved? So we do have a website, of course, DeschutesRiver.org. And as for things that folks can get immediately involved in, right now we have a series called Raise the Deschutes. It's a seminar series that we hold about once a month. I'm just educating folks on issues, not just in the Deschutes Basin, but for water issues throughout the entire West. And we have another one coming up here in a few weeks on our water bank proposal. And I think that's another potential area where we can see a lot of room for improvement in the future and see some great success. Jacob, thank you for your time. This has been really informative and I am excited about your project and wish you all the best on it. Yeah, thanks Chris, really appreciate it. And I hope folks get a chance to go out there and check out what we're doing. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org.